Is anybody else's routine just messed up this week? Anyone? Okay. That's just, is it just me? Oh, my goodness. And how many days did it take you until you woke up and went, what day is today? Anybody have that? Okay. Yeah, I, I had that this week. And so for about three days, I kept waking up with that, that feeling of, it's Sunday. No, it wasn't Sunday yet. So I didn't forget, and I'm here. Yay. That was good, and neither did you, so we're glad that you guys are here. But one of the things, and when you get into that routine like that, or, or when, you, when you find yourself kind of lost from where you are, maybe you've, maybe you've had this moment. Um, it usually happens with my uh, keys. Now, I'm going to tell you something that's fun. I think maybe I've mentioned this before, I don't know. But I have this, this mental thing that happens when I, when I get ready to walk out of the house, and it's uh, watch wallet keys glasses. I haven't worn glasses in 12 years, but every time I get ready to leave the house, it's like, okay, what? Yeah, okay, wallet, all right, keys. And then that's usually where I stop, right? Because it's like, okay, I don't, I don't have those. You have that moment? I don't, how do you go about finding your keys? Anybody? Because I don't have one of those clapper things. I don't have the little tile thing. So here's what I find myself doing most often when I don't know where my keys are. I have to keep backing up and keep backing up, and keep backing up in my day, and then I'll find myself in a place where I will literally go, okay, I walked in the door last night, so I'll walk in the door, and I'll stand in the place where I was, and what did I do when I came in the door? Okay, I did, and I'll go sit in those places, and I'll walk myself through what I've been to until I finally come across my keys, and it works. Anybody ever done that, or am I the only weirdo in here? Okay, we, we've all done, thank you, weirdos unite. We're all in here together. With this, but here's what I've learned. Sometimes, sometimes you, you've got to go back to where you started to figure out where you've been and to figure out where you're going. And that's what I wanted us to do today. Now, I know that many of you might not have been with us the first Sunday of 2018, but the first Sunday of 2018 at First Baptist Church, we started talking about prayer and the importance of prayer and a challenge in prayer for us, if you will. For the year, and we looked at, in the book of Acts. Actually, we started with the longest recorded prayer in Acts, and it's found in Acts chapter four. You can go ahead and turn there if you have your Bible. Acts chapter four. If not, you can access it on your iPad or something because it's not going to be on the screen today. So you're going to have to either trust me or find it somewhere else on there. But it's going to be Acts chapter four. What we're going to look at again, and I'll, I'll lead you up to what was going on and to that point in time. The disciples had come together. To pray because, if we backtrack a little bit, they had just gotten in trouble with the authorities. Peter and John were arrested for performing miracles and for speaking in the name of Jesus Christ. And the authorities and those who were in charge didn't know what to do with them. But before this happened, the Holy Spirit had come at Pentecost and they had been filled with the Spirit of God. And they started preaching and teaching to other people. But before that happened, they had met Jesus on the side of the mountain before he ascended into heaven. And it was after Jesus' death and burial and resurrection, and Jesus had ascended then into heaven, and he said, okay, disciples, now it's your turn. You're, you're now responsible for taking this message forward. And so that's kind of what led us up to Acts chapter 4, is that Jesus had gone away. He had left the message of God with the disciples to be shared with everyone. And as they started sharing these things with people, God was doing incredible things. But then along the way, the authorities got mad at them and said, no, you can't do this anymore. They arrested them, took them aside. They beat them, and they, and they told them publicly, you cannot talk about Jesus anymore. And that led up to this 
point. And so at this point, this prayer was their response. When they came back together with all the other disciples and they told them, this is what happened. This is what the authority said. We can't talk about Jesus anymore. Here's how the church prayed. Acts 4, starting in verse 24, it says this. When they heard this, this being everything I just said. When they heard this, they raised their voices together to God. And they said, Master, you are the one who made the heaven, the earth, and the sea, and everything in them. You said through the Holy Spirit by the mouth of our father David, your servant, why do the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot futile things? The kings of the earth take their stand. The rulers assemble together against the Lord and against his Messiah. For in fact, in this city, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel assembled together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed to do whatever your hand and your will had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, consider their threats and grant your servants, grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand for healing and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. So that's how they responded. They came together and they prayed this prayer. Okay, God, you know everything that's coming against us. And you can see in this, it's the longest recorded prayer in Acts, but the first part of it is really honestly them just walking themselves back and reminding themselves how big God is. And every once in a while for us, it's good just to stop in the midst of life as it happens to us and just remember how big God is. And what it is that God's leading us to do and what it is that God has led us to do. And so they said, they brought this to God and they said, we know who you are. We know what you've told us to do. And so now, God, we need you to consider what's happening to us. And and you need to fill us with your spirit. And you need to help us speak the word boldly. And it says this in Acts 4.31. When they had prayed, the place where they assembled was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. And so here it was. They had life happening. They pray this prayer to God. And then God responds to their prayer in just an incredible way. He shakes the place where they're praying. He fills them with their spirit, with his spirit. And then they all begin to go speak the word of God boldly. In the midst of being told that this is not what you can do, it's not what you're supposed to do, they brought it to God and said, God, we hear what's being said over here. But we also know what you've told us to do. So, God, you need to speak to our hearts, and you need to lead us in what we're supposed to do. And so God shakes the place, and he sends them out, filled with the Spirit, to speak his word boldly. And that's where we started the year. We started the year with this question, really, does God hear my prayers? That's honestly where we kind of started this whole year off of going, you know, how do we get to a place where wouldn't it be awesome if every time you said amen, you know, just bam, boom, 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 the place shook and you went, okay, God, I, I, you were listening. That's awesome. I, I get that. But that doesn't happen for us all the time. So it leads us sometimes to this place where we wonder, does God actually hear my prayers? And I can guarantee you this. Yes, he does. God absolutely hears each and every prayer. But one of the, one of the challenges for us this year was, was not to wonder whether God heard our prayers, but it was, begin, it was begin to evaluate the things that we really spend our time praying for. And we invited everyone, and we continue to invite everyone, 
to join us at 431 every day. My alarm still goes off at 431 every day, which is once a day for me, twice a day for some of you who are twice as holy as I am. I understand that. But there's only one 431 in the day for me unless there's a bad accident or something that's happening. And so it goes off at 431 every day, and we prayed two things, which is found right here in Acts 431. We pray that God would fill us with his spirit. I pray that God would fill me with his spirit. And then I pray that God would let me speak the word of God boldly. That's the prayer. And, and so we've been praying that for our church. And, and there's, there's really some importance to these things because filled with the Spirit, because we know if you really begin to think about it, nothing of eternal significance will be done in our own power. We can do some good things for people. We can be polite. We can be nice. We can, we can reach out to others. But really nothing of eternal significance is going to be done for others in our own power. For us to be able to do the things that matter the most in life or in our family or in our community or in our job, we must be filled by God's Spirit and led by God's Spirit to be able to do the most important and the most significant things. The disciples understood that right from the start. It wasn't, God, just let us go out and do this. It was, no, God, we, we need you to speak. We need you to lead. We need you to fill us because, honestly, it could be seen that they were at a point, they go, we've done everything we know how to do. And so, God, we, we need you to take it from here. And God goes, I, I've got it. And that's why you, you need to pray that filled with the Spirit of God because then you can do the things that you never thought could happen. It's the things of eternal significance can be done when we're filled by the Spirit, when we're led by the Spirit. And the second thing in that prayer is to speak the Word of God boldly. Because quite honestly, God's Word is the greatest Word. It's the best Word. When we give others the best that we have, honestly, no matter how much we love them, no matter how much we care about them, no matter what we do, the best that we have will always come up short if it's just us. And that hurts my heart to even say that because even when I think about that, I think there are some people who I love dearly in this world and I would give them anything that I have, but I honestly understand that even giving them the best that I can, my full undivided attention, everything of me poured out to them, if it is void of the Spirit of God and the Word of God, then it will always come up short. And I need to let that sink into my heart, that what the disciples were praying for at this time is significant for us, filled with the Spirit, and speak the Word of God boldly because His Word is greatest. And when we share God's words, then it has the power to change hearts and to change lives for all eternity. And it's just something that's incredible. And I want to pause here for just a little advertisement. How about that? You know, 2018, we were focused on prayer. And if you think about it, um, how do you learn to pray? Anyone? By praying, okay? I mean, there's just no other way to do it. You, you, I, I hear people all the time, and, and myself, I've said this, I wish I, could, I wish I had a more significant prayer life. I wish, you know, I did better at prayer. Well, the only way to get good at it is to, to pray. And so that's why we've been challenging people all of 2018 is to spend some time in prayer and learn how to pray and pray for these specific things. And then, of course, if we're going to learn to speak the word of God boldly, then guess what we need to know? The word of God. 
So here's our little advertisement. Going into this next year, we're going to put a challenge out there that you may step up to. You may not. Everybody's invited to participate with us. We're just going to challenge you to read through the Bible in 2019. We're going to give you some guides. We're going to walk through uh, that with you each week. Um, and I'll just tell you, just quite honestly, one of the things that, that makes my heart really heavy. It, I'm going I'm to tell you a little secret. Every pastor that I know of, if they could, if they could just kind of wave a wand and say, everybody in my church did this, and we knew it worked, I, I guarantee you, read the Bible and pray would be the top of that list. Read the Bible and pray. There is no substitute for you getting into God's Word. And, and so next year, we're going, to, we're going to walk with you through that. We're going to help give you some challenges that are out there. And we're going to talk about that more next week. But that's your advertisement of what's coming up. This, week, this year, we focused on prayer. Next year, we're going to challenge people to get into the Word of God. Perhaps you've already read the Bible through. Well, we can read it through again, and, and we, can, we can learn more because we want to be able to speak the Word of God boldly, and the only way that we can do that is to know the Word of God better. You know, Second Peter, written by Peter, at the very end of it, he writes this just salutation at the end, and he says, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. So we want to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the word of God. So we're going to do that together. So the quick answer back to this question, does God hear my prayers, is yes, God hears my prayers. But the effective question for us is, what is the content of my prayer because if you feel like that I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying all the time but I don't see God moving and I don't see these things happen honestly the best thing that you can do then is to stop and say well what am I praying am I lining myself up with the will of God or and this just happens to all of us am I asking God to line up to my will and, and that that may sound a little harsh but it's just the truth often when we're praying we're either saying, God, I need you to take my heart and I need you to line it up with your will so that I can do your will, that I can be filled by the Spirit so that I can make a difference in this world. Or sometimes without even knowing it, what we're actually praying is, hey, God, I got a better idea. So if you could do everything and line it up with me, my life would go great. And we don't even realize that we're doing that sometimes. And, and so we need to understand that that's the point of our prayer. James puts it this way. He says, what is the source of of wars and fights among you. Boy, wouldn't you like to know that? You ever been driving in the car? It's like, what is going on back there? You had that moment? What is the source of this? Where is this coming from? How did we go from peace to chaos? All of a sudden, James in chapter 4, he says, what is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? This is for all of us. You desire and you do not have. You murder and you covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. And so that's what's happening oftentimes when we're praying and we're not seeing God answer. I have to sometimes stop myself and say, God, am I praying that you would line up with my will or am I praying for my heart to line up with yours? And sometimes we have to evaluate that content 
of our prayer. Because James tells us right here, conflict and discontent begins right here. Doesn't begin out there. We always think conflict begins with someone else, right? No, James says conflict and discontent starts, boom, right here in our heart. And then it spreads to our relationships with others and to the point that you can begin to fight and even to the point that you begin to wage war. James spells it out. There are some prayers that do not get answered simply because they're selfish. And that's just the truth of it. So I'm going to let us off the hook. Like I said, we come by this oftentimes with a good heart. It's not like we're standing up each morning going, I'm just going to be selfish today. But sometimes if we're not careful, if we're not lining ourselves up with the will of God, we tend to actually do the opposite. And we begin to pray that God would do things the way that we think would be best. And it all sounds really good, but the truth of it is this. We want what we think is best for us and best for others. That's an honest place to start, isn't it? And there's nothing in that that is evil or that is wrong. It's just that the problem is it's what we think. And sometimes what we think isn't what's best. Because a follower of Jesus Christ professes that they believe that God's way and God's word is best, right? Isn't that what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ? A follower of Jesus Christ says that I once was a person who lived by my own way of doing things. But then I encountered the Lord Jesus Christ, and he changed my heart, and he changed my mind. And so now I live following God's word. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. From the core, that's what it means. You come to the place where you realize that living the way that God wants us to live is the best way to live, period. And so when we have that conflict that comes up in our heart and and those discontent that happens that James talks about, and he says it comes from your heart, then what we need to do as a follower of Jesus Christ is we need to learn to lay those things aside and trust that God's way is best, and we do things his way. But you know what? In our own power, we'll never get there, which is why we need to be filled with the Spirit of God so that he can give us the power to overcome our own heart at times and line up with his and so that we can have the strength to think like God would have us think and see things the way God would have us see things. So if we go back to this exact situation that's happening in Acts chapter 4, there's not a person in this place and there's not a disciple that was alive that day that would wake up one day and go, God, would you please persecute us so that we can draw closer to you? That would not be a single prayer of a single person in that church. It just wouldn't. Are they bad people? No. It's that we don't see it the way God sees it. We don't see how he can work all things together for the good of those who love him. We don't understand the path all the time. We have to trust him. And so what was best for the early church was for God to work through impossible circumstances so that they could see it and experience him, not for God to allow them to avoid difficulty. But none of us are going to get up tomorrow and go, God, would you just put me in some difficult circumstances so that I can grow closer to you? It's just not going to happen. We just tend not to do that. 
But oftentimes, one of the best things that we need to do is walk through the valley of the shadow of death just to remind ourselves that God is taking every step with us. And then we see his power and we see his strength. And I, I, there's something that happens to me all the time. I'm a wor- Anybody a worst case scenario type guy? Okay. You just kind of look at something and you go, well, the worst thing that could happen is. And then it happens sometimes, okay. That's just the truth. Sometimes it happens. But here's one of the things that I've learned. I used to be so scared of the worst case scenario. And God actually brought me through a season of life where I quit looking for the worst case scenario because it was like God was looking over my shoulder going, you think that's bad? Okay. Can we stop this? Okay. Where it was just a reminder that, hey, you're not God. And this worst case scenario, I can see you through that, and I can see you through this. Until you come to the point, you go, okay, God's in control of all these things. And it helps so much. So sometimes the best thing for us is just to allow God to walk us through whatever circumstance and difficulty that we may be facing to remind ourselves of the greatness and the power of God. What was the first thing that the early church did when all this happened? They reminded themselves of the greatness and the power of God. God, you are bigger than any of this. And we need you to answer us at this point in time. Fill us with your spirit and give us your power to speak the word boldly. So do I pray, just ask yourself this question. Do I pray that God will do for me? Or can I have the boldness like the early disciples and pray that God will use me to do for others? You see, that's the powerful type prayer. We have a tendency to pray that God will do for me. But we have to be intentional in praying that, God, will you use me to do for others? And one of the greatest gifts that you can ever experience is being the answer to someone else's prayer. It's an incredible thing. It's where we started the year. It's how we got to this place. And it's how we're going to move ahead in 2019. It's challenging myself and everyone in here to be an answer to someone's prayer. To be filled with the Spirit of God and to speak the Word of God boldly. And as each day of my life passes, I become more and more and more convinced that what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ is not that we're left on this earth just to grow in our faith as much as we're left on this earth to go in our faith. You, you realize that we've created a model sometimes in church that allows people to believe that they can grow closer to God and ne- never share their faith with anybody else? And that's a lie. Because you, you really, if you want to grow closer to God, if you want your prayers to become more effective, if you want the word of God to become alive, if you want the music to be better at church, if you want the preaching to be better at church, if you want the colors on the wall to look brighter and nicer, the best thing that you can do is to go start telling people about Jesus Christ. And it puts everything else in line. It gets real exciting at that point in time. And it puts things in a perspective that you've never seen before if you've never shared your faith. Because faith in Jesus Christ is most exciting when you begin to see it through the eyes of the person that you've invited. That's when faith in Jesus Christ is most exciting is when you begin to see it come to light in the eyes of someone who you have invested in and who you have made it a point to be the answer to their prayers. So, does God 
hear my prayers. Absolutely. God hears your prayers. We just have to evaluate the content of our prayers to see are our prayers actually being the most effective prayers that they can be. James says it this way, you desire and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Or we can look at the book of Proverbs. It says, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. God hears our prayers. Began the year with a challenge to pray. I, I invite you to continue to pray. And I look forward to this next year as we grow in knowing and reading the word of God together as well. I just want to close today with this question, though. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Do you know him? And are you living for him? Romans 5.8 gives us one of the great promises in Scripture, one of the great insights into the character of God. When it says that God proves his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God has taken the initiative to reach out to you, to invite you to know him, to follow him. His word and his way is best. And you experience life at its fullest when you follow him. Does it mean that, pastor, if I follow Christ, then that all my cares will, will go away and all the difficulties that I'm facing will just melt away? No, what it means is that there's a God who's bigger than those things, who will walk through every one of those things with you and remind you of his love and his power in everything that you do as you follow him. And it's my prayer and hope that every person in this place is and would be a follower of Jesus Christ. He's reaching out to you right where you are today and inviting you to true life and following him.